Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Forget what you heard. Yeah, boy! Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Forget What You Heard. I'm Aaron. And I'm Luke. I like cereal, but I ain't a serial killer. And today today on Forget What You Heard, you know, we're gonna keep rolling, 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 rolling. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. Yeah, we're just gonna keep it rolling, man. We're gonna do some touch on the draft a little bit, you know, uh, give some dark horses that we've been uh, diving into, and then we're going to get into the NBA playoffs. But first and foremost, how you doing, Brother Bear? Yeah, lemons are good, man. <laughs> Thanks for hey, asking. Man. I'm glad the lemonade tree's doing well. Yeah, man, it's sprouting, getting some leaves, getting some greenery. <clears throat> lemons are very slept on, and I like to make that announcement. Lemons are a great fruit. Amen. Very beneficial, smell good, sour, but sweet. I will second that and say I like lemons in my water. Lemon water. Amen, brother. Well, let's get this started a little bit, you know what I mean? Please, yeah, man. Let's get into this, man. Some draft storylines we're looking forward to. Okay, interesting. I think this draft could go a lot of different ways. It could go chalk, for all we know, or it could be a trade bonanza. We don't really know. Like, I'm starting to, you know, it's been too quiet on the Western Front, as mm-hmm. they say. So I'm thinking there's some trades under the table going on. Uh, <clears throat> maybe unnecessary, maybe trading out mm. the top ten. Because this draft isn't what it's been, you know, cracked up to be, maybe, you know. Um, I think we all know it's not that talented, but I just think this draft can go a lot of ways. Uh, it should be int- I mean, it's going to be a fun watch either way, no matter what mm. happens. But uh, wait, uh. I'm just saying, you know, what are your what are your thoughts coming up? The draft is this Thursday, by the way. Yeah, Thursday. But I agree with you, man. The fact that we're not hearing a lot of speculation on trades, to me, means that there will be some trades. You hear the alarm bells ringing. There's not a lot of leaks going out, and yeah. that's kind of weird. Normally, it's like we kind of figure out who's going one. You know, this team's going to move up to five. We're not hearing that. Yeah. You know, we hear, you know, Thibodeau's dropping. We hear more about the players than we do about the teams. And that, to me, makes it seem like everyone's, you know, keeping to themselves. Not a lot of leaks getting out there. And uh, to me, yeah, that, that makes me skeptical. That makes me think there's something brewing. And I do agree with you that I think we're going to see a lot of weird unexpected moves a lot of unexpected prospects going because mm-hmm. um, I mean we've made two mock drafts 
And it's, I mean, more than likely, you know, five of those players don't, you know, fall into the second round. Right. You know, there's going to be players that slip, players that go way earlier than we expected. And uh, it's going to be a, a, you know, clash of the titans, man. It's going to be <clears throat> insanity. I think Elon Musk is censoring the trade leaks now that he has Twitter. I thought he was there for freedom of speech. That's what he wants you to think. Okay. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Uh, it is interesting. Maybe it's because of the draft. Like, the players aren't that good. Okay. You think teams are just uninterested? I just don't think there's, there's going to be a lot of, tr- like, I think there's going to be a lot of trading out to Ooh. get more picks later on. Because there's no bell of the ball. There's no diamond in the rough. Or there's no, you know, prize possession. Like, there's no Trevor Lawrence. There's no Andrew Luck. There's no, you know what I mean? Yeah. But to me, when you're trading out, that means someone's trading in. That's true. But with that said, I mean, do we expect teams to trade up for QBs? Is that kind of what we expect? Or yeah, I think that's. I mean, that's. I think that's what's going to happen. If they do trade up, it's going to be for a QB, or maybe it's a um, like a jousting match. On like you know, they want a certain guy and he fell, but they don't want. To, they don't know if he's going to fall more, so they trade in. Like a Derek yeah. Stingley. Yeah, or Jamison like Williams. Yeah, or something like that. I think the most interesting storyline to follow through the draft, though, is the obviously the QBs. You know, do we see the Saints move up? You know, who goes where? Because I don't think anyone has a clue on what these teams are going to do there, you know? Like, to me, that's super interesting because we there's literally no idea until it happens. Yeah, I didn't really start getting into drafts until podcasting, and now... Like I see the like Thursday night is an event. Like oh. I'm looking forward to sitting down, sitting yeah. my behind on the couch and watching some draft action. Yeah, man, I got that written down on my calendar in highlighter yellow. That's you what know. I'm talking about, dude. You no, know, that thing's that thing's. It's bursting. hard to read highlighter yellow though. Yeah, but you know it's there. You ain't yeah, gonna miss exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. I like that. You won't miss it, man. Uh, do you have any like bold takes or anything? I have huh. I have uh, one hot take. I want to hear yours first. I'll have to think about mine, but I'll I'll get at you with that. Uh, like I said, I think there's more trades than expected, but I think that the Jets trade for Debo. Ooh, what do they have? The what? They have the tenth pick, fourth and, fourth. and tenth. Yeah, I think they use that tenth pick. Cause they've been, there's been murmurs of them trying to get DK, AJ Brown. They've been on in all these talks, mm-hmm. and I think it's pretty evident that Debo wants out of San Francisco. I saw a video of him in the club, and they had bottle service coming out, and they had a sign that said Debo staying in San Fran. And if you look at him in the background, he's laughing and you know, putting his uh, hand to his neck, saying that ain't happening. Wow. So I think that was pretty evident, and I think you know. It, it would make the Jets cool, man, if Debo went there. I don't know how he feels about playing for the Jets. I don't I don't know how I feel about Debo, how he's acting right now. But Yeah, there's a lot of question marks going into this Debo situation, but you think all it would take would be the 10th overall pick? I think there would be more. You, well, 10th, I mean, sheesh. Debo hasn't been healthy his whole career. Last year was his first year healthy. So you're taking a risk even giving them the 10th pick, in my opinion. Yeah, it sounds like the Niners are looking for two first. I know that's just rumored. Please. But, I mean, if you, you wouldn't give them the fourth overall pick? Dude, me personally, I'm not trading for Debo. I'm not. Okay. I would. I, he hasn't been held. When did he get drafted? 2017? 
Has it been that long? No, he's not. 2019? What, three years ago? Yeah, it, maybe 2019, 2020. He yeah. just he's, hasn't had a full season until this past year. I don't know. I don't I don't think uh, very highly of Debo as a player, honestly. Have you thought of any other landing spots for Debo? Or is that the just They the said one he that... wants to play at like near home, which is he grew up in South Carolina, so the Carolina Panthers. But okay. who would want to go there right now? That's or maybe true. Florida, Atlanta, Jacksonville. Jacksonville, you can't go to Tampa Bay. Uh, Could Atlanta Falcons? Maybe that would be pretty. I mean, I would respect that one, but I don't know. I think the Jets are the ones that have the capital to do that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. This the whole Debo situation doesn't make a whole bunch of sense to me. Uh, it's kind of confusing. So I know he's looking to get paid like a big time receiver, twenty plus million a year. But I guess that he doesn't like the fact the Niners are using him in his role, the running back role. But it's uh, like, so, yeah. So he's gonna get less money because I guess he's considered like half a running back, half a receiver. Is that the complaint? I think it's that's part of it, but I think it's the the wear and tear on his body, hmm. being a running back and a wide receiver. Rather than being just a wide receiver, okay, I, I have an issue with that. Uh, he's soft, if that's the reason. He's soft, man. He's soft. Well, first of all, he's literally soft because he's always injured. And the one year he's good, and f- I could go. I'm gonna go about to go on a little rant right now. Okay. But uh, he's soft. He first year healthy. Now he want he deletes everything off his Instagram. First of all, Debo, who made you? Kyle Shanahan, the Correct. gimmicky offense. Right. He's the one that puts you in this role. He's the one that puts you in the position you're in right now. And I think that you, the way you handled the situation, kind of childish, is like a slap in the face. And if I was the 49ers, I would be glad to get rid of you. Hmm. Um, See, I think to me, like, I think it's a perfect match. Uh, for Debo to complain about his role... Um, doesn't make a lot of sense because if you want to be a great player, you continue to you know continue this role. He had a great season. I mean, he's one of the best receivers last year, doing the running back stuff. I mean, he had fourteen hundred yards receiving. I mean, what other? Way? I mean, you're not going to get any more than that. He's asking out of a Niners team that's using him in the way he should be used to get what less stats to play for a lesser team. Like, I don't understand. I mean, this dude is just, he has one good year, and he's asking for all this money, and he's complaining about the role that made him succeed. Soft. Get him out of, get him out of here, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what happens to wide receivers when they taste that glory, man. Mm. They say they can become divas overnight, and I've seen it quite a few times lately. You Success know? in the NFL now is how much you're getting paid, and it's sad, and I'm sick of yeah, it. Yeah, that's why I like Cooper Cup. He's like... I'll get paid what I think I deserve. I'm not trying to break the bank. Uh, so shout out to Cooper Cup. That's a real one. He just likes to play ball. That's a rarity. And win Super Bowls. Um, but, yeah, Debo, Debo Saga is kind of weird, but uh, I just thought we'd touch on it. But let's get in more into the draft a little bit. Okay. Me and Luke compiled a list of players that my, not everyone may know. But could become stars in the NFL in a few in sometime in their career. Um, so we got a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Yes. That isn't highly touted. Isn't probably won't go in the first three rounds. Uh, maybe they will, but uh, 
You want to get us started with the QB? Yeah, my, uh, I guess we could say dark horse, or sleeper, or... Yeah, I mean, whatever term you want. Yeah, okay, I'll, at quarterback, I'll take Bailey Zapp. Um, I mean, there's a few quarterbacks down here, you know, Carson Strong is a guy, EJ Perry, another name from Brown, but Bailey Zapp from Western Kentucky. Yeah. Very interesting. Is uh, he the one that broke the record? Yeah, he has Chase the... Keenum? You know, single-season passing yards and single-season passing touchdowns in FBS history. Um, This was at Western Kentucky. Um, He's very efficient. Um, I think he's a guy that can eventually become like a a solid starter in the NFL. Um, He's sneaky athletic. He ran, what did he run? He ran a 4.8. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Not bad. Not bad. You You get some wheels on them. He can do it a little bit. And I think his biggest thing is his arm strength, too. You know, that goes a long way in the NFL. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's very intriguing to me. That's the main reason I had him here. And I think... The collegiate success with the passing yards, the touchdowns. I mean, even, you know, Western Kentucky's not much, but just being able to do that shows that it, he's at least capable of becoming, you know, a decent player in, college, in, in the NFL. Yeah, I think, you know, seeing from Case Keenum and people that break that passing record, they end up having long careers right. in the NFL because they're solid. They're dang, they're dang gunslingers out there. You know, they know how to throw that ball. They know how to complete passes. So I think, you know, if anything, he'll be a backup, or you know, for his whole career, which isn't a bad gig. But he could also be a Drew Brees. Ooh, did you say that? Yeah, I said it. Interesting. I I agree. I think he he can become like a solid starter. I don't. I'm not sure about his ceiling. I mean, that's you have to put that to the test, but. Um, I just like him as a sleeper pick, you know, maybe third, fourth round QB. Um, he's just kind of been overlooked, you know, given his collegiate success. And we'll have to see if that translates, but he would be my sleeper. I like it. I like your pick. Thanks. My sleeper horse is Cole, Cole Kelly mm. from southeastern Louisiana. Six foot seven. That's a tall one. Yeah, just a giraffe of a man. Yep. He did actually get invited to the scouting combine. Uh, me and Luke got to see him throw a little bit. He was he was he was chunking that thing downfield like it, you know it was like a little baseball. Yeah, we saw him a lot because he was throwing for the Q, the receiver drills and everything. That yeah. dude was active. Yeah, he was he was active but accurate. Yeah, he's cool. That's man. what I liked about him. 
And uh, for you, <laughs> those that don't know, he's a little bit of a runner too. I think he scored like forty something touchdowns in his career, rushing touchdowns in his career or something. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so he's just someone. Um, he caught my eye. You know? <laughs> yeah, he caught both funny. of our eyes. And no, it's funny because as soon as you saw him at the combine, you're like, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> I just noticed that he was six seven. <laughs> you're like, he's, like, he's huge. Just, and he's then you saw his throwing, making some good throws. He was, you fell he in love. He seemed like the most consistent one. That wasn't the one with Malik Willis, but it was no. A, it was the day before, but it, that proves that love at first sight is a real thing. Yeah, man. I tell you what. Um, yeah. So I have Cole Kelly out of southeastern Louisiana as my sleeper horse quarterback. Is, you think he could go third or fourth round, or is he? I don't really know what his stock is, but I'm sure he'll get drafted somewhere. Someone will take a flight. You Someone have to. will. Yeah. You have to. Do you, I'm just hoping they're not. His comparison isn't like Paxton Lynch or Brock Osweiler, because this guy's got it. Okay. I don't know what exactly that is, but he's got it by golly. Yeah, hopefully he lands in a spot where he's not just like stuck as a backup, and he can actually like fight for starting. Fight, yeah, like actually Steelers. go in training camp and like. Yeah, somewhere. I mean, there's a lot of teams that need quarterback. <clears throat> Let's go to the running back. Sure. Our uh, sleeper horse. Would you like me to share first? I would love that. I'm going with Pierre Strong Jr. out of South Dakota State. Wee mm, wee. Oui, oui. uh, he's 5'11", 202 pounds. You know, not, he's, he is what he is. But he ran a 4.37. Um, you know, that's very fast. That's uh, extremely fast. Yeah, dude. The dude's that's got... NASCAR! Yeah, Jackrabbit. Um, you put on the film, dude, and he is he's just electric, man. He's just... He's very straight line speed. Um... He's not much of a receiver, which if he if he could, was a receiver in college, I feel like he would be more well-known. He'd be one of these running backs, you know, top five running back in his class. But, um, I mean, shoot, dude. He, last year he had 1,600 rushing yards and 18 touchdowns. Dang. So he has a knack for playing good football. And, uh, yeah, he's just a special talent, man. He's very powerful. You know, he's got a good build. You know, 5'11", 205 pounds is very good. Um, he's got 3,000-yard seasons. Um, he's very he's very quick. Like, his acceleration is very good. He's got natural instincts. And, I, dude, he's just well-rounded. Uh, I think, to me, like, watching him play, he's kind of like Alvin Kamara. I'm not going to say he's going to be that type of guy, but I feel like he could be utilized in a role like that. Um, he'll probably be more of just like a, a – first second down type of guy because we didn't see his receiving like that but um just his speed and stuff i i'm in on pierre strong i think he can um i think he can be relevant in his rookie season on a on a team if he gets the opportunity i like that i like pierre i'm gonna go with uh the running back out of florida international Devontae price hmm not familiar. Yeah, he's uh he's a senior. He's been through a lot of injuries. Last year was his best year. He had 129 carries, 682 yards, averaged five yards a carry, six touchdowns. Um, so it's nothing to blow your hair back. But this guy's got the intangibles. He's got the physical tools. He's six foot two, two hundred fifteen pounds. Okay. And he runs a four three eight. Wow. He's got dreadlocks. Okay. He's from Florida. Right. International. Right. Panthers. 
Okay. Add those up. Budding superstar. Interesting. I haven't seen tape on him or anything. I just kind of knew when I read his his uh you know his makeup and what he's got going on his draft grades and everything. Um, I think he might be older than a lot of the other running backs, but I think that he could take the league by storm in some alternate universe. <laughs> so. Hey, it's possible. I appreciate you know him and you. So <laughs> I just want to mention before we move on, Kevin Harris, running back, South Carolina. A uh, very high recruit coming out of high school, but he had a very serious back injury. But he is 220 pounds, runs a 4'4". He's he could be like a sixth, seventh round pick, but he's a much better player. And if he's healthy and gets drafted to a team, he could be one of the best players, best running backs in this whole class. So I just want to shout out Kevin Harris. Shouts. All right, you want to do wide receiver? Yeah, man. Uh, wide receiver was tough for me. Um, there's just so many good receivers in this class, so many interesting prospects. Um, Khalil Shakur was one, Jalen Tolbert. But I'm going to go with Tyquan Thornton out of Baylor. Sickum. He's a guy you probably remember seeing at the Combine. You wanna, Blazing a trail. He ran a 4-2-8. Um, obviously, speed is a big thing in the NFL. You find your way on a roster just because of that speed. But I love the fact that he's 6'3". And he ran a two three uh four two eight. You know, that's a combination you don't find. How much does he weigh? He's one eighty. Oh man, he's a slender Very man. skinny. But I just the combination of the height and the speed is very rare. You don't see it. Um he's he could be a, a deep threat for a team, you know, maybe like he could be a John Ross. I mean he has that type of profile. He's a little taller, but uh you know, NFL teams prioritize speed. And just I like the the 6'3 frame is just interesting because if he can add on some weight, get some speed, he can play the game. Uh, I'm very, very interested. And I don't think he doesn't have a ton of weaknesses. I think he's got good hands. He showed it at Baylor. He's very smooth. Um, I mean, he doesn't really, he does, he's not very strong with his hands. Deep passes, he normally, you know, what's it called? Basket case. Oh, man, basket case. And uh, he's he's small, so he can get knocked off a little bit. So those are my two weaknesses. But other than that, I think you should take a gamble on that type of frame, that type of profile. Tyquan Thornton is my dark horse sleeper. Yeah, he's definitely not built like Mike Tolbert. No. <laughs> uh, Baylor, Mike, to- ba- Mike Tolbert's having a three-course meal as we speak. i tell you what, maybe add a fourth to that one. Uh, Baylor's interesting. They're like sneaky wide receiver you. Snaked. They got them freak boys. Uh, but uh, my wide receiver is also in the Big 12. His name is Eric Azukama, Kanma. Okay, yeah. From Texas Tech. Yep. Um, and you guys all know by now, I like the, you know, the big wide receivers, the rangy guys. This guy is 6'3", 220 pounds. Jeez. Yeah, he's a big man. He's a mammoth of a man. That's Josh Gordon for him. And he ran a 4-4. Okay, yeah, Josh Gordon, right? And he put up, uh, you know, decent numbers in college. Uh, his junior, let's see, his sophomore and junior year, he had about 700 yards and about six touchdowns apiece. Okay. So, he, you know, he put up a little bit of numbers. Um, Pretty good. Yeah, I like uh, I like big 12 receivers, I think. 
Yeah, they have great ones. Yeah, I tell you what, except for UT, man. What's going on there? But, soon. Um, Hashtag soon. UT. Yeah, so I have him as my uh, sleeper horse. I like him. I like him. He's a big frame. He's probably the best contested catch guy in the draft, man. He's He goes up and he gets it. I like him. All right, let's go to the tight end. Tight ends. Let's see what we got going on over there, man. Uh, tight end for me, sleeper tight end, Jelani Woods. My favorite tight end in the draft. Um, he's very interesting, man. Uh, he was once he was recruited to be a dual-threat quarterback. Um, he committed to Oklahoma State. Uh, his junior, or what is it, sophomore year, transitioned to tight end. He's 6'7", uh, 260 pounds. And, uh, dang, holy mackerel. Yeah. I mean, he his, you know, he, his senior year, he had 600 yards receiving eight touchdowns, um, which was at Virginia tech. He ended up transferring from Oklahoma state to Virginia tech and he's a freak. Um, like I said, six, seven, two, six, he ran a four, six, one. Um, he's he's very athletic, super athletic for a six seven guy, and he actually ran the fastest forty time of any tight end taller than six seven since two thousand three. Um, he's a pretty solid blocker. Um, he's got good bend, man. He's he's got the wingspan, and I think I'm taking a gamble on the athletic profile. You know, you don't see a six seven guy run a four six. Um, I just he has a lot to work on. He could be you know, the fourth or fifth tight end taken in the draft. But I think he has a bright future and could be and will be a special player in the NFL. Yeah, I love that guy, honestly. I really like that pick. My guy might be the sleepiest horse there ever was. Okay. In draft sleep horses. Okay, we got horses that are sleepy. Horses in the back. <laughs> Uh, I haven't heard that song in a while. Uh, I have Jamal Pettigrew. Who? Exactly. Who? <laughs> Jamal Pettigrew. Um, he went to L- he started his career at LSU, then transferred to McNeese State. He's six seven, mm. two forty three, ran a four seven. Um, this is why he's the sleepiest of horses because last season he had seven catches, 92 yards, and a touchdown. What happened there, man? I'm not really sure, but this guy's going to turn it around. He's going to bring it around town. Then he's going to do this, that, and he's going to become the next Mo Ali Cox. Whoa. He's going to find his way. He's going to scratch and claw his way from the practice squad to the bench to the Sunday night football, baby. And I'm going to back him 100%. All right, this is a campaign for him. <laughs> Hopefully he gets drafted, but I don't know. You have a few guys that I'm going to be following just to see. See if they get drafted? <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping, this is like my guy, I'm hoping it's like the Mr. Irrelevant. The last pick in the draft, and I would be stoked to have him be Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, very, yeah, I haven't heard of uh, two of those guys, man. I'm very intrigued to see what you know, man. What's going? <laughs> what's what's back in that bark over? I'm gonna there? be honest with you, man. I just looked through it and I thought, like, no one's probably ever heard of these people. Let's give them, like, maybe their name has never been mentioned on a podcast. Mm. So, in a way, maybe. we're shouting them out. You know, I don't know. 
who knows? Definitely not Jamal Pettigrew. So shout out you. I hope you get drafted. <laughs> I hope you're, you know, you can uh, provide for your family for the rest of your life. And if football doesn't work out, man, I know you're a smart kid and you'll figure it out. So, you know, shouts out to you and your family and friends. Yeah, man. I mean, if he gets drafted, that's great. But, you know, loop deep, loop and pull, your shoes are looking cool, man. That's all I got to say. Hey, man, I couldn't have said it better myself. Let's uh change lanes. Okay, this is what I'm waiting for, man. NBA, NBA playoff action. It's very intriguing. All right, let's, uh, you know, we're going to get straight into this. Someone get this man, Ben Simmons, a diaper. <laughs> all right. This guy needs to sleep with a helmet on. <laughs> this guy might be the worst teammate of all time in any sport, in any situation ever. Comes to the games dressed like Prince. And he's, you know, he's laughing and carrying on, warming up. He's saying he's going to play game four. Next thing you know, he's out game four, not showing up for his teammates when they need him the most. When they're on the brink of elimination... He'd rather dress up in his little dandelion shoes and his little Carhartt hoodies and rather than suit up and play with the boys when the get, the season is on the line. They're obviously struggling. They need something. Mm-hmm. They're playing the corpse of Blake Griffin right now because they, they're trying every option. And Ben Simmons is over there laughing and carrying on eating hot dogs on a stick. It's unacceptable, it's disgusting, and it's a disgrace. He should be ashamed of himself. I'm tired of these excuses. This just, you know, really, 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 really ticks me off, man. It shows you that not everyone that plays in professional sports loves the game they play. Ben Simmons is a perfect example of this. It's disgusting, Luke. I'm just, ah, could you help me out? Uh, I mean... Ben Simmons is about as useful as a cereal box. I'll tell you what. You know, this, he'll hold your cereal, but as soon as you run out of that cereal, man, you're throwing the box away. Recycle. Recycle it. He, I mean, you basically said it, man. I mean, you had your little rant going, and I agree. I think this guy is a bunch of fluff. You know? Fluff. You asked to get out of a situation because your mental health you ask out of the situation because you don't like so-and-so. You get traded, man. Fresh start. New start, you know. Let me get healthy. Get ready for the playoffs. I'm back. You know, we're making a run. Oh, you, well, we're in the playoffs already? I'm not healthy yet, man. Come on. I, I don't love this game. I'm not showing up in the playoffs. I mean, come on, man. You know, what are you going to do? What do people expect from Ben Simmons nowadays, man? I expect him to fly over to Australia play basketball over there, play your video games. I'm sick of Ben Simmons. I'm sick of hearing it. And, uh, I mean, dude, it's he's done it all to himself. Like, how do you expect people to feel sorry for Ben Simmons? I don't think we – like, at this point, I don't think anyone can. There's I, no way, man. You had 11 months to rehab and be healthy, and it's been 11 months, and you're back, you woke up and your back hurt? What were you doing, cartwheels in your, you know, in your hotel room? If I was a Nets teammate, I'd fart on his pillow until he got pink eye. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, how do your back hurt if all you're doing in warm-ups is passing? And rebounding. Taking two dribbles and doing a little side gig. Yeah. Like, dude, you're not even playing four-on-four, five-on-five yet. What, your back's hurt from sitting in your 
gaming chair playing video games all day. And let me just say this. I've always backed Ben Simmons. You have. That's true. Yeah, I've always been on his side. I've always been um, his apologist in a way. But now I just can't do it anymore. That, that was the final straw. I was looking forward to tonight, Monday, that he was going to be suiting up and playing with his boys. Win, lose, or draw. He was going to show up and play and show a little heart. Turns out he's the tin man. He ain't got one. Ooh. Dang, that was cold, but that was real, you know? Yeah, man. I got to keep it real with Ben, man. I got to keep it real with Benjamin Simmons, man. Um, to be honest, I'm tired of talking about Ben Simmons, and I can't wait for the day for him to fly to Australia, and we no longer hear from him anymore. Yeah, and he joins a gang of wallabies in the outback where he belongs. Yes. But, uh, yeah, let's, you know, we got that off our chest, but, you know... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are the, does it look like the Nets are giving up? Or is the Celtics defense just that good? The answer to that double-worded question <laughs> is yes. The answer is yes. So, so it's a, a, a mixture of both. It's a mixture of both, man. I mean, just watching a lot of the Nets' body language, you know, gives me a sense of maybe they've given up or maybe they feel like they don't have a chance or maybe they're tired of each other. Um, yeah. I, at I the think, same time, I think the Celtics defense is very, very good. Um, I think they're the best defense in a long time in the NBA. And uh, it's just the combination of both, I feel like, is the reason that the Nets have yet to win a game in this series. Um, and I don't know. I'm interested to see what happens um, because if the Nets do get eliminated, who is to blame? Is my question to you. Who do we blame? Hmm. I was just about to get into that. I like that. Um, it looks like KD will get a lot of the blame. Correct. My question to you, is he getting too much of the blame? No. What, why is everyone so. forgetting about Kyrie Irving? He's also a super, superstar, and he's literally been MIA game two, game three, didn't do squash, but everyone's putting the burden on KD. Yeah, and you know what? Um, to me personally, I don't think they're giving up. I think it's just frustrating the heck out of them that they can't do what they want to do, and they're not able to get to their spots like they usually are because uh, uh, Jason Tatum's gone Super Saiyan. Like, we all yes. know he's been an offensive juggernaut for a while, but seeing him, I didn't think he'd ever be good at defense. But the way he puts his body on Durant, he uses his length, pokes at the ball, He, you know, he might be 
you know, taking the crown from KD. Whoa. Hey, oh. Okay, so Tatum, I want to say, Tatum's averaging 29.7 points per game, but his defense on Durant has been A+. plus. Oh, it's been A++. plus plus Double A, Ron. I mean, <laughs> we knew the Celtics' defense going into the series would be incredible. We knew what they had, what they're capable of. But I don't think anyone expected Tatum to outduel Kevin Durant. I think that the reason I'm going to blame Kevin Durant is because the Nets are Kevin Durant's team. He left Golden State to get his own team in Brooklyn. He was the guy. And they decided to break it up. Carlos LeVert, Jared Allen, you know, all these guys were still here. Great players now. You decided to make the trade for James Harden. Expected to make a run. Didn't work out. You trade. So, to me, with it being Kevin Durant's team and him trying to build up a team with stars and stuff, it didn't, just because it didn't work out, I don't think he doesn't deserve the blame. Um, he does He does or doesn't deserve the blame? He does. In my opinion, he does deserve blame. All of it? Uh, not most all of it. Most of it, yes, 100%. And the fact that he's not showing up like we expected him to. I mean, yeah, the defense has been incredible, 100%. But he only took 11 shots in Game 4. And or game three, I apologize. And he just hasn't been super aggressive. I mean, he hasn't been assertive. Even Steve Nash at halftime was like, yeah, like KD has to be aggressive in the second half. And it just never happened. I mean, I know they're denying the ball, you know, but KD just has to get the ball and he has to do more than just rely on the long mid-range on the post-ups, like, let's see the guy who goes downhill, gets to the rim, gets fouled. We're not, we just haven't been seeing that. And that, and just his body language is telling me that he's not super interested. He's not super invested. And, uh, yeah, maybe he's tired. Maybe he's sick of it, but he deserves blame because he's not performing the way he should. He's not given 100%. Let me push back a little bit on that. I don't, I think KD is doing all that he can. I don't think he's given up. I don't think that he can do more. I think that the Celtics defense is that frustrating and that good. Having Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart interchangeably can guard anyone, really, one through four. Um, and their hands are so active. Like I, th- I can see frustration from Durant, but I don't see give up. And... Basketball is a team sport. Yes, Durant is one of the greatest scorers we've ever had. But this is that's asking too much. Like he's got another superstar in Kyrie who's sitting in the shadows. No one's putting any blame on him. He's saying all the wrong things in interviews, Kyrie and K- well, and KD. They're kind of already conceding to the Celtics like right. They're saying Celtics know who they are. We don't really know who we are. Maybe the whole vibe is just, you know, I think at the end of the day, the common denominator is that Ben Simmons is a negative Nancy and he brings down the whole vibe of the team. But I'm, I would push back and say that it's more the Celtics defense and their game plan on Kevin Durant than Kevin Durant giving up on the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, I see that. Um, but I, under, I even, understand even, your point. But he has a lot of open looks that he hasn't been knocking down that we're used to. Like, I've, 
I mean, but watch, it's like he can't get into that rhythm. Yeah, he can't get into a rhythm. He's not getting to the free throw line. He's not getting right. to the basket. So he, it's hard for him to get started. Like. Right. Yeah. Credit to the Celtics defense. I'm not taking it away. I'm just saying, if you're crowned to be the best player in the NBA, we expect more. You know, even against the best defense, even against the best teams, you have to do anything and everything to adjust. You yeah. have to find ways to make your team better, find ways to get, you know, points the ball into the rim. I mean, there's no excuses. Yeah. I'm, I mean, if this is LeBron, we're we're dogging on him. LeBron can't handle yeah. this. LeBron can't do that. He just it comes with um, the expectations being known as one of the best players in the world. I mean, we're. If Giannis is having this performance, you know, he's getting dogged too because we expect more. We expect this to be a series, not a sweep. So I think KD does deserve a little no, or I, most of the blame for yeah, that. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with everything you're saying as well. Um, this is like uh, reminiscent of LeBron in the finals against the Mavs. Remember, he struggled mightily. But KD's having an even worse finals than LeBron did. And I think um, I if I can remember correctly, like LeBron got destroyed, like yeah. legacy, like it was could have been bad if he never got back on his feet. But um, for KD, you know, I think it's, I mean, it. I don't know if it would tarnish any of his legacy. I mean, no, I don't think so. I, I but just like what you to your point on like he's the best scorer. Like he's a great. He should. Um, overcome these obstacles in some way but at the end of the day i think these people are human and like i don't know if you've ever gone like they go through slumps and they you know, mentally like being um attacked like that defensively being i don't think anyone's ever played this good of defense on durant in his career right so it's like, i agree it might be like a shock for him like I've never had yeah. a guy that's six nine that can actually stay in front of me. It's and true. Contest every one of my shots, but you he, make des- very he deserves blame for that, though. Yeah, even I mean, if he, you go through he, slumps. No, there's. He, I'm not saying he's blameless. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, but if he if he's that guy, he's got to be that guy. You know what I mean? That's why he's. But you're he's saying able to because, make a, because of it, it's not because he stinks. It's because of the defense. Is why he's not. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying like credit to the Celtics, Celtics defense, not 100. percent Yeah, so they've been absolutely incredible. Incredible, and Jason Tatum is really, really ascending like to a crazy level. Rise of a superstar, I, and I like all the. We've been waiting for this for a while though from the Celtics. Like, can they all coexist? But uh, yeah, it's happening. We'll see if they can sweep the Nets tonight. Let's move on they to will. another series in the east the raptors and the 76ers it looks like uh fred van vliet's out my i think they should say that he's playing and put drake in a uniform and have him go out there gosh because drake can put money under the table and say hey man i'll give you thirty thousand dollars if you let us have this game and it's still only three to two but it looks better for the raptors that's just a theory I have. Um. <laughs> <laughs> they look similar, but if Drake was out there on the court, man, he isn't be... he five ten too. Uh, he's not anywhere like uh, he probably would be. His plus minus would probably be like negative, you know, thirty two in sixteen minutes. I heard Drake dribbles with two hands. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. and he shoots granny style. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even pay to watch it. I got a question for you though. Sure. 
Is it time to get used to Stink Harden? Yes. Oh, I was not expecting that. I was I was expecting you to say who Stink Harden? James Harden. No, I mean James Harden. Bames Barden is in Philly is not the Bames Barden of Houston. And I think it's time that we acknowledge that. Thank and you. My question is is the, is the Philly James Harden is that enough for the Sixers to make a push? And to me I don't think so. I know his playmaking ability hasn't gone anywhere, but he just ha- does not look like the same he guy. He can't beat anyone off the dribble no. anymore. He's running in mud, man. It's those hamstrings injuries that he's had the last few years. Yeah, Caught it looks up like he him. has cement on his feet. Cement? Yeah, it does, man. Cement, yeah. It's 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 tough, man. I mean, he's still he's an MVP, three straight scoring titles, breaking ankles, top three player in the league. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. He's no longer that guy, and he never will be. I think they can still make a push, though, with James Harden. He can still be a—I think he can still shoot the ball mm-hmm. from deep. I just—like you said, he's not what he used to be. He's lost a step. Uh, I definitely don't think it's because people know how to play him now. I just think he's literally— Old. You know, old and doesn't take care of his body. He's had one too many Hennessy drinks in the past. <laughs> Sipping Hennessy. <laughs> nine or ten years, however long. But, uh, you know, I think it's time we get used to Stink Harden. I also think a big thing is, like, how the new rules have kind of, uh, like, him getting to the free throw line. They added those new rules, and it really took away from his game. Because he was one of those guys that was shooting, you know, twenty free throws a night, and like now it's like he's they're getting letting him play a little more. He's not able to do that, you know, arm thing where he locks up as much. Um, but like you said, he's still a great shooter, shooting thirty nine percent. He's one of the best three point shooters ever. That's not going to change because he's still the same shooter, but um, definitely not the same guy. And I'm concerned that he might not be good enough anymore to make the get the Sixers over the top because they have to have. Um, the James Harden of old to get there. They have to. I like how you brought up the the rule change and foul fouls called for James. Um, are the refs doing too much in this series or just in the playoffs in general? Playoffs in general. Yeah, I mean, it seems like the discrepancy between free throws, it's like one night one team's getting a – a boatload and the others getting little and then it flip-flops and it usually changes the outcome of the game and the coaches are really upset it's 
bad. It's to the point where I it's starting to get to the point where the refs are deciding these games and they're trying to they're playing God, if you will, in these games and which is which you don't want to happen. It's what happened in the Stan Stanford experiment when the prison guards and the prisoners back in the seventies or eighties, you know, the prison guards it was a people volunteered, but the prison guards became so power hungry that they really treated the inmates like badly because they had that power to do so and it was like a social experiment and they switched them the guards and the prisoners and it the same thing happened again like people had to quit people had a it was like a crazy experiment but it's like wow. something the referees or they get power hungry and they're like you know we we have these whistles we can potentially change this playoff series or game and it's getting to the point where you know, they need to be checked big time. Yeah, I agree, man. You see it in every series. I mean, they've been, you know, they had it right there on their mouth, man. They're ready to blow it at every second, every little thing they see. It's uh, It's been kind of hard to watch on in terms of watching the refs and dictating games. And, I mean, even the Memphis and Minnesota series has been absolutely brutal. I mean... It's just tough, man. There's not really anything you can do. Because, I mean, if you start yelling, you argue, technical, you get fined. Uh, it's Yeah, and like you said, it's almost to the point where it seems like they're very power hungry and they know it because there's no retaliation. There's nothing you can't you can't physically do anything. You can't verbally do anything because, I mean, what is it? They'll throw you out. Throw you out. They'll fine you. So there's it looks like there's no winning unless Adam Silver comes in, steps up, and say, hey. Let them play a little bit, you know. Let's let's get back to real basketball refs. Yeah, get rid of Scott Foster, man. Golly. Why do they keep putting him in playoff games with players he hates? I don't know why they allow, like, terrible refs. Like, they obviously know who's terrible, right? I mean, if everyone knows it, it's just, uh, yeah, they need to do a look in the mirror and figure out what's going on. Yeah, let's go to an. I mean, uh, that's three one. Seventy uh, sixers. I think they'll win that series. Yeah, they will. I think, I think so. they'll win tonight. Um, they'll win by a lot tonight. Next series, Jazz Mavs tied two to two. Jazz Mavs. Okay. This is a strange series to me. With the dynamic, all the dynamics going on in uh, Utah with Donnie and Rudy. Um, but somehow the series is tied with all that turmoil and stuff. Luca just got back. Um, is it time for the Jazz to blow it up? Or is this the beginning of an inspiring love story between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert? We're past the love story. Come on, man. I love them. This is turning into a villain versus a superhero. Blow it up. Rudy Gobert's gone. Uh, Don Mitchell. Will Don fig- Mitchell's more likely to be gone, isn't he? I don't know, cause I mean, what happens to Rudy Gobert? I mean, he's making all that br- all that bread. I'll be honest though, it'd be cool to see Rudy Gobert on Toronto, if that's just an interesting idea, cause you know they love the long, tall players. Freaks, yeah, and he he would fit on that team very nicely. So. They actually could use him. Yes, he would be perfect for them, cause. But just the, I mean. Utah just asking to, like, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it, but I do think they should blow it up. Uh, they, I mean, Dallas is favored to win this matchup, I think, right? 
Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And, uh, it doesn't seem like they get along, man. It doesn't seem like anyone likes being there. Yeah, and I think the longer the series goes on, the healthier Luca gets and the less the Jazz chances. Um, but I have a question for you. Jalen Brunson, what is he? Oh, uh, he looks alien. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, in terms of a basketball player. <laughs> I think he's gonna get the bag, man. They could have, uh, they could have gave him an extension this last off season, like a four year, fifty million, which would have been a smash. Um, but I think he's a good player, man. I just think with you know Luca being the guy, having the ball in his hands all the time, I think um, Jalen Brunson can be a point, a starting point guard on a team, you know. But I think, I mean, we saw that whenever Luca was out with the injury, but when Luca comes back. You know, Jalen Brunson doesn't have the same role. He's not putting up the same, you know, numbers. So I think I hope he leaves and he gets signed a nice contract, what he deserves, and becomes a starting point guard for a team because I think he, he showed a lot. And I think he's a really good player. I really do. You're not hearing me, man. What is he? I think he's a starting point guard, man. That's it? I mean, yeah, he's, he's not, not like a, a star. No. All-star? No. Superstar? No. Above average player. Yeah, he's definitely above. I think he's a good player. Like he's solid. Like you can, you can. I think he, if he can get to that point to where he can, I mean, he did it a little bit in the series. But if he can be like a number one or number two and be reliable every night, then yeah, he can be an all star. But I mean, we only saw it in what two games, one game of the series. I don't know. I think there's something special about Brunson. Yeah, and he has potential to be an all star. Potentially, for sure. I mean, it, it takes a special kind of person to just drop a 40-burger in the playoffs. You know, and if he has his own team without Luka. Yeah, I'd love to see Do it. you think he's a cornerstone, like someone to build around? Not He won't be the best player on a team, but like the second, third best player on a championship team? Uh, is he, or is yeah, he, potentially I could. I mean, you seem like Van, he could be like a Van Vliet. I think that's like yeah, a ceiling. I like that. I like, like that. If he can, you know, become like a great three-point ceiling. shooter. I think his ceiling is higher than that. Really? I think he's all around a better player than Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, maybe a little Maybe a little like bit. His passing, Van Vliet's a better three-point shooter. but I think his basketball IQ is... Might be higher. Yeah. But, but he's more of a true point guard. I think Van Vliet's like kind of a, a two-guard. Mm-hmm. But I think they are similar in a way that... They can be they can become more than what we expect in terms of their potential. Like Van Vliet, we had no idea he was an All Star this year, and he was he can put up twenty twenty five points a night. I'm still not sold on Van Vliet. I don't really understand what the hype is on him. No, nah, but I mean, I, I just think they're similar. I maybe no, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I like the comparison. I'm just saying for me, I'm not. Yeah, okay. I'm not a Fred Van Vliet fan, really. All right, let's go to the next one, Bub. Sure. I got the Heat and the Hawks. 3-1, Miami. Okay. I might be sick in the head, but I love seeing Trey Young getting bullied and not getting foul calls. I absolutely love the torment that he's going through right now, the sadness in his eyes, the no bowing to the crowd, the no putting throwing up the gang signs to the crowd, going back to A. He's getting put in his place, and it's showing me he ain't 
his poop stinks, just like the rest of us. He's not, I don't think he's superstar, superstar, like we're all just anointing him. I think he has flaws, and I think he doesn't know how to change his game. Because the Hawks are deep. They're a good team, even without Trey, I think. But I think he doesn't know how to maneuver when he's not getting his. He doesn't know how to get everyone else involved because they could still be a really good team and win games even if he stinks. But he 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 doesn't know how to facilitate or maneuver around this. If he's not getting going, ain't no one getting going. And that's the type of player Trey Young is, and I've noticed it. And he's I've uh, it's been revealed to me during the series. And I love that they bully him, and he's physical. And he's not getting the foul calls like he's MJ anymore. And they're treating him like the little lollipop head that he is. Yeah, I think you're spot on. I think you nailed that, man. You nailed that whole segment. Um, that was very, very good because it's true. I mean, he's not. He doesn't make his teammates that much better. They kind of have to. Cr- they kind of have to create on their own. And uh, I mean, Bogdanovich is a great player. They they're surrounded by good, really good players. It's a deep team. They're very good. But like you said, Trey does not know how to play the game when he's having a bad game. Like he always continues to take bad shots. He tries to get in, get turnover, turnover, blocked. And uh, I agree. But also kudos to the Miami Heat defense. I mean, dude, they're really darn good too. They are. Like a clash between the Heat and the Celtics. Like defensively, would just the game be, might be like fifty six to fifty seven. Yeah, yes, it would be because they do. They're fundamentally sound. I think they're the most fundamentally sound team in the NBA. Like the little things, like the box, like boxing out the big man down low. You know, doing like the small things, the basic things in basketball. They do it so well, and they care. Like PJ Tucker is one of the best, most fundamentally sound players in the game. You know, Jimmy Butler too. The way he plays is just very smart. You know, we're high percentage shots. And speaking of Jimmy Butler, it's playoff Jimmy. I mean, that's what we're seeing in this Atlanta series. I mean, he's he's been on fire. I mean, last game, 36 points, 10 rebounds, 50%, 57% shooting, four steals. This is the Jimmy that we need. they need to see. This is the Jimmy that we've been known to see. And we didn't quite see it last year. Kind of throughout the regular season was hit or miss. But he's getting hot at the perfect time. And the Heat are a very dangerous team. Yeah, I think you said it. Um, to have your star player get hot at the perfect time when playoffs start, is that's this is exactly what makes the Heat scary. Yeah. It's Jimmy Butler at this Jimmy Butler level. Um, at this level, I call him Jimmy Buffet. Okay, he eating, man. Yeah, man, he's eating everything he can see. He's stuffing his shirt and he's stuffing his shorts. Yeah, they've been great. Max Struess is another guy who's kind of been playing well. I mean, Oh, Jersey Shore boy? Jersey Mike. That guy sleeps in the tanning bed before the game. And then getting <laughs> getting Oladipo minutes is cool. Tyler Hero does his thing. You mentioned Trey Young. I want to ask you this. Yeah. You had those opinions on Trey Young. Would you rather have Trey Young or Ja Morant? Mm, probably Ja Morant. Early. I'm really... Um, I'm really skeptical of both, but I think Ja's more of my type of player. He cares more about his team's success than his his own, I think. He's he looks out for his teammates and he's more like unteachable talent, you know, like a freak athlete. Trey Young's a lollipop, 
you know, he's not faster than you. He's not bigger than you. He can't jump out of the gym. Um, he just can shoot and get fouled. So I like I like the more sure commodity with uh, Jean Morant. He's a freak athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, he's getting better. And uh, yeah, I'd pick Jean Morant. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I just think the one thing that separates them is, I mean, obviously the shooting. But the biggest thing is like Trey's a pretty clutch player when they need him. Like big big moments, Trey normally does the right thing, makes the big shot. And I'm not sure if I can trust Jaw to do that just yet. So I, it's a very good point because Jaw's actually been not very good in crunch time in the no, against the Timberwolves. Not at all. But we'll get to that series because Minnesota's been very good on them. Yeah, you got another series for me. Yeah, let's move on to that one, man. Uh, shout out to Jaw Morant though. He was announced as the most improved player in the regular season. That was announced not too long ago. So, congratulations. Yeah, congrats, Jaw. I think you should have been more in the MVP race than the most improved, but... Well deserved. No, you'll take it. Yeah, you deserve it, man. You really have um, taken a step or three or four. You leaped, dog. You sure did, but Minnesota knows how to play, Jaw. That's one thing that I'll I'll give them credit for. Even in the regular season, Minnesota was the toughest team um, that Jaw has faced. They just know how to play him. Um Wall him off. Yeah, and for Jaw, he found a way. I mean, they lost last game, but he had 15 assists. I mean, he's starting to figure out a way to contribute in other ways. That's what I like about him. He can't just be one-trick pony, and he's starting to understand that. And he's also dealing with he's not 100%, which I think is a big reason why the series is the way it is. But both these teams are young and confident, but the Grizzlies are growing faster than the Timberwolves. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, that was beautifully said. I uh, would a hundred percent. I think. Yeah, I definitely think the 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 Grizzlies are growing faster. I think they're already more mature in a way. Um, I think Timber, like you know, if you look at them and they were like, if the Grizzlies were a person and the Timberwolves were a person, I think the Grizzlies would be a. Like a guy with a three-piece suit on with a slicked hair. And I feel like the Timberwolves would be like a, you know, uh, untucked shirt, um, blouse with long hair blowing in the wind. Kind of wild, wild person. Young, wild, and free. Yeah, and the Grizzlies are more, you know, rigid, you know, you know, clean. And just, you know, play by the rules when the Timberwolves have that little edge to him with Patrick Beverly in there, you know, and they kind of feed off him. And I think he it's like those kids that your parents didn't want you to hang out with because they were a bad influence on you. That's what Patrick Beverly is for the Timberwolves. But I'm not going to say it's a bad influence. It's just an influence to give them that extra edge. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a few takeaways from this game. Uh, Brandon Clark's been very nice. He's kind of been their X factor so far this series. I think he's a solid player. He's he's darn good. I mean, he he showed up in big games. He's played good defense. He's just always in the right spot. Like I like watching him actually, like in possessions to see what. I mean, he doesn't like, but he he works hard and he's there when you need him. But it's it's just interesting to see a guy that plays the right way. Just watching him every possession. Yeah, he's he's got a high IQ. He's like a a high higher IQ Aaron Gordon, like a 
high flyer, very active, just a better, you know, better version of Aaron Gordon. More reliable, yeah. Yeah, like solid player. Jaron Jackson has to play better. He has to. Hundred per. I mean, I, we've been we've been saying this for a while. He's. I forget he's playing. Like he's not even a factor sometimes. You know. It's he weird. almost seems like a liability. Yeah, with all the f- dumb fouls and his shots not going. When his shots not going, and he he doesn't he doesn't ever have a presence in the post. You know. Mm-hmm. No, he doesn't. On defense, he does, but offensively, he doesn't have moves. He doesn't crash the glass that hard. It's not like – it's very strange. He's always on the perimeter, and he'll shoot that shot or – He'll get a block now and again. Yeah, like but it's nice not – he doesn't assert himself like a, you know, a star or someone that wants to be in that spotlight would do in that situation. It's I don't know if he's, you know, passive or what, but he – you know, we got to straighten that out or I'll have to do it. Yeah, he's very, very, very raw. I mean, he's averaging over six fouls per 36. And in the playoffs, you got to be playing more than 36, too. You know, you got to be getting 38, 40 in playoff time, man. You got to play those big minutes and be one of those players. But he just, he, I mean, had that the first game, he had seven blocks, you know, a few points, but he just has to be better. That's the, I think he's, he's got to be better. Especially against Cat and everything, and foul trouble, they have to have him on the court to really, you know, take a, you know, take a run at it. Yeah, I mean, Cat came out of his, you know, litter box. Yeah, he sure did. He he played really well, but he needs to find out who he is, man. Like as a person, he needs to stop like with these gimmicks and uh, looking at the ground and. You know, say your own. Like, what's your personality, dude? Are you weird? Or are you cool? To me, you're a weird guy. But we can work <laughs> on that, man. Uh, you're a good player. We, you have to show up from here on out. There's no excuses to, no dumb fouls, no none of that. And uh, just be cool, dude. Don't do all these weird things when you're, you know, when you have, you're wired up or what is it, mic'd up. Just be cool, man. Don't get a lot weird on it. Yeah, he is a bit strange. Um, there's no doubt about it. There's something a little weird about him, which is cool, man. I mean, everyone's different. Yeah. Um, but I do respect him. I respect Carl Anthony Towns because he hasn't had a great series. He um, he was very unhappy about the amount of touches that he'd been getting, and he let him know about it. And... Uh, he comes out in a must-win game in the series, drops 33 points. He's angry. Angry cat is a scary cat, I'm going to be honest. Like, this dude, when he's demanding the ball, when he's not scared, when he's attacking the rim, he's very. He's a very good player, top three center in the league. And uh, he's got to continue that. He's got to continue that hunger, that fight. And uh, he did that. he's not backing down, and I respect that out of I'm, cat. Yeah, I, I respect the heck out of him. Um I I just say those things jokingly, like tongue in cheek, because I don't know. I just me, when me and Luke watch him, we just notice. I notice weird things about him, but he's a he's a fine player, and uh, I think like we he shouldn't have to stoop to those dumb fouls and be in foul trouble when he when he goes. Timberwolves go, you know. Um, I think they feed off that his energy and his shot making and. He's an incredible talent, so I don't want to take anything away from him. You know, he's a good kid. Let's move on. Milwaukee Bucks, Chicago Bulls series. 
Who would have thought Grayson Allen would have been the guy that stepped up for the injured Chris Middleton? Grayson Allen had 22 points in their last meeting. I would have never guessed that Grayson Allen would have been the guy. I thought he had 27. He had 22. Did he have 27? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he had 27. Dang, that's even crazier. You got them stats on him? I might be talking out on my butt. Uh, for the Bulls, they don't have enough. I mean, that's just what it is. I don't think they have enough, man. Oh yeah, this series. Uh, this series is over. Um, Milwaukee's too good, even without Middleton. I mean, that hurts, but uh, hopefully he can get back in time for, you know, the the second series, round two. Because I mean, they've been they've been getting blown out the Bulls the last two games, even when, you know, their stars are kind of their their field goal percentage and stuff looks good, but they just don't have enough, like you said. Uh, I think we all expected this, you know, you know, come back next year, Bulls, but, you know, you can basically, you know, ride it off as, you know, Bucks win the series. Yeah, it's kind of been a steady decline for the Bulls after their great first half of the season, regular season. I mean, DeMar DeRozan was a front runner for MVP. He was huge in clutch time, fourth quarter, big shots. Lonzo Ball was poised for a breakout season. Zach Levine, all-star level play. But when Ball got hurt, DeMar DeRozan slipped. Levine hasn't didn't distinguish himself as a superstar. And now they're looking at the door of a first-round exit. And Levine hasn't been very good in this first playoff series. And uh, it almost seems like it's a repeat of the same Chicago Bulls, like you said. And just because you... Start off strong in a regular season doesn't mean you're going to go deep in the playoffs, man. You got to keep true all the way through. Yeah, there's a lot of factors that go into that, but it's just uh, too little, too late for the Chicago Bulls. Zach Levine ain't good. All right. I stand by that. Is Giannis the most dominant player since Shaq in terms of physical dominance? Yeah. Really? Sure, yeah. There's not much you can do when he gets a full head of steam and he wants to get to the basket. There's not much you can do. Or if he gets an offensive rebound and he decides that he just wants to dunk on you, he's going to do it. It doesn't matter who's on him. It's scary. It's very, very frightening to see. The thing about Giannis is he has that mindset, like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to dunk on you. I'm going to get to the basket. He's not scared, even though he's not the greatest free throw shooter. He just has that mindset of a killer, of a monster, that knows that you can't. There's not much, like no one can do anything. Whenever I want to do this, so he's got it all, and I think he does it very, very well. Yeah, him and to a lesser extent, Joel and Bead are very similar in that way of just. Oh yeah, no Joel definitely him. is in that domination you know realm of players like he knows that dude he's like he's the biggest guy on the court most of the time and he he can do everything he can shoot he can post you up mid-range like it's very scary he might even be more dangerous than Giannis for being honest oh for sure I think like Joel's 
they're neck and neck for dominance, but like but on both ends, you know, I think Joel kind of, kind of bullies people when he's playing defense. He's mean. He doesn't care if you're, you know, he's not scared about p- bigger guys driving by him. Like, it's weird. He, like, dares them to do He'll get out to you to contest your three, but he's not scared if you try to drive by him because he's going to be there and he's going to send you into the fifth row. He bullies people on offense. Like, he's a bully. Like, I'd say he's more of a bully than Giannis. Like, he'll tell you about it. And, like, he's got more of the bully in him. Giannis is just a freak. Yeah, and for me personally, I'm, I enjoy watching Joel play basketball more than Giannis. I think his game is just more fun, more exciting, and just the bully factor. I mean, after any play, he'll throw a little quick little elbow. Like, he'll finish a playoff with an elbow. And, like, that's so old school that's so bully ball and i it's more fun to watch and the fact that he can shoot he can create he can dunk he can post you up he talks trash he's physical just more enjoyable to me i have to get something off my breasts okay is it i like joel Embiid, but i root against the sixers every game why i just don't tell anyone but what does I think this come the from? Big, a big part of it is James Harden and Doc Rivers. And sometimes Joel Embiid rubs me the wrong way. I don't like that he gets he cries about fouls and stuff like and claps at the referees. He he has some antics I don't that rub me the wrong way, but I still like him as a player and person. I just find myself subconsciously rooting against the Sixers at any opportunity and I don't know why but I mean I guess I do know why but it's just something I wanted to get off okay on air I'm glad you got it off man thanks man I'm proud of you for doing that I think it's fair you don't have those teams that you subconsciously are always rooting against Uh, and don't really you can't really put your finger on it because you like the player like their star player or like what they got going on and they're not, they don't win every year or anything. There's just that one team. Uh, not really. Yeah, I think I always thought that's why I wanted to get off my chest. I think it's weird that I think that I, this happens to me. Yeah, I mean, I understand it. I can't, I mean, for sure. It's kind of like, I mean, I kind of feel that way about Giannis. I love Giannis. He's a great human being. But like when it comes to like playing basketball, I don't. I think he's boring. I don't have any animosity, and I think that's. But you what... don't root against the Bucks. You not you don't hope they lose, do you? No. Like, see, yeah. Because so, you got Bobby Portis, man. Yeah, you gotta love Bobby Portis. But I mean, just off the top, man. No, not really. I mean, maybe Dallas. I mean, I hate watching them win. But yeah, that's an, well, that's a team I have an outward. That's a rival. That's you a know? conscious decision to root against Dallas. That's true. But no, yeah, I can't relate to that. Um, let's move on to the next series, man. New Orleans and Phoenix. Interesting. We're getting things are getting interesting. I know you like this one, man, big time. I, I I'm very, very. This is like a perfect series now. That, I mean, speedy recovery to Devin Booker, but we get to see if DeAndre Ayton is worth that bag, boy. In the first game without Devin Booker, he put up the numbers, man. He's putting up the big boy numbers. He's playing very well. I think we know, like it's kind of beautiful to see him blossom like that when we they needed him. He did. Well, that was game three. Uh, game four, 
I don't know what his stats were in game four, actually. Valanchunas made him look like a little water boy. Oh, but not game three? I don't know. I, just... I think DeAndre Aiden had 28 and 17 game three. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Valanchunas had like 28 and 15 last night. Was able to come out with the win, but um, yeah, I mean, for sure. With Booker out, Aiden's got to be that guy, but the Pelicans' depth has been key in this series. I mean, their defense has been really good against Phoenix, especially against the threes. Phoenix is only shooting 29% from three. And as a team, that has to improve. I mean, they haven't been able to knock down a lot of threes, man. And um, Michael Bridges, I mean, you mentioned Aiden has to step up, but I think Bridges has to step up, man. Um, I mean, this dude has been struggling offensively in this whole series. And uh, he's a rising, you know, talent in the league, man. He's got to play up, man. He's got to perform. And um, He had 23-8. and eight. Who did? Aiden? DeAndre Ayton. Okay. On 11 of 14 shooting. Yeah, that's a really good game. Um, I think we can put that last game on Chris Paul, the worst playoff performance he's ever had. I have a theory. Yes? Who's the coach of the Pelicans? Willie Green. Willie Green played with Chris Paul in New Orleans back in the day. Correct? Correct. Willie Green knows Chris Paul personally. He knows his secrets. He knows how to play Chris Paul. I'm not buying this, dude. I know where you're going, and I'm not buying it. You're not buying it? No, because it doesn't matter if he knows Chris Paul. He had three good games before that, didn't he? Yeah, he had a 22-12 and four, 12 night. Yeah, I think he just had a very bad game in that little Alvarado guy. Dude, they're playing Chris Paul so well, though, the last two games. I mean, they've been they've figured something out, I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, Phoenix has no more breathing room in this matchup. I know Alvarado made him uh, get an eight-second. Yeah, and then he stole one, too. Yeah, like they're getting – and Herb Jones – they got a little beef going there now, Herb Jones Jr. They're figuring it out. I'm telling you, Willie Green. I like knows. the Pelicans, dude. I'm rooting for them now, but uh, I don't. I wouldn't say that it's gonna go six or seven. Would you? Yeah. Wow. I do. I do. I think they're out of breathing room, and uh, they have to play. Wait, it has to go six, right? Yeah, Are they, they tied two, two two. Yeah. I don't think it'll go seven. I think it might, dude, because. I think if you can play Chris Paul good, I mean, that's really the only guy. I mean, Michael Bridges has struggled. Their whole team can't make a three. 29% as a team. They need Cam Johnson. I mean, Aiton had one good game, but Valanchunas is a handful. Two good games. Valanchunas is a handful. He's probably the better center right now, overall, if we're being honest. Come on, man. I'm just saying, right now, he probably is, dude. I mean, that dude is very, very good. Yeah. And Brandon Ingram. Are we forgetting about him, man? He's been one of the best players in the playoffs so far. Last game he had 37 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists. I mean, dude, what are you going to do about it? You know what I mean? Like, Brandon Ingram is a very, very good player. And he he can get another game. You said something that really irks me. Okay, man. That Valanchunas has had a better, is a better center right now? He, I mean, yeah, I think he might, right? Game... What? Yeah, probably right now. Game three. 
DeAndre Ayton had 28 and 17. Valanciunas had 6 and 11. Mm-hmm. That's the game without Devin Booker. And then he had 23 and 8. Yeah, but Valanciunas went off. Well, in game bygones four. be bygones. DeAndre Ayton's my boy, and I'm standing by him. No, I think Ayton long term is going to be good. I'm just saying, like, center right now, I think I trust Valanciunas. You're I, wrong. I think he's a really, really good player. Man. I think he's a really good player, but I think DeAndre Ayton's the better center. Okay. That's fair. I'm saying that with my heart. I th- Yeah, I think you can't go wrong with either one. I just, Valanciunas, I think I can rely on a little more. Yeah, he can get you 6-11. and 11. Yeah, he did. But that ain't going to get you over the hump. DeAndre's going to get you 20-plus. What happened the next game? I don't know it, but what did Valanciunas have the next game? 28-15. and 15. Who did? Jonas Valanciunas. DeAndre Ayton bested him. No, no, 23 no, no, and eight. no, no. Valanciunas is nasty. They're both very good. I'm not trying to diminish Ayton. He's a good center. I'm just saying. Did he earn the bag or not? I don't know. He's got to win this series. He's got to win the series, man. CP3, man, get off your ass. Let's do some math. Willie Green's got him figured out. Willie Green, more like sneak. Denver, oh. Seeing the Pelicans play the way they're playing right now, is this Zion sitting in his chair, rubbing his belly, watching this team play? 100%, man, and he is a big, big (laughs) man. That's true. He can put away some food, man. He's looking like he's a hefty boy out there, man, but I think he's like, wow, like these guys are you know, going toe-to-toe with the number one seed. Yes, without Devin Booker, but I think – C.J. McCollum is huge addition for the Pelicans. Uh, and B.I., Brandon Ingram. Supreme. He is a fantastic young player. Um, I think Duke is forward university, man. Um, Jason Tatum and Brandon Ingram, they're kind of similar in a way. A little to, bit. I'd say a lot of bit. Okay. Would you not? What's the no, bit? they're similar. Yeah, like offense. Defense, B.I. is more downhill, a little bit more downhill than I think Tatum is. I don't know. I'd have to disagree. Really? Yeah. B.I. likes think, the mid-range just as much as anyone. But you don't think he's a he's better – He's a pull-up guy too. You don't think he's a better like around the rent, like I th- downhill, getting to the like layups and stuff? You know, like – I, I def- think it's I think it's neck and neck. I think they're very, mm. very similar. Yeah, they're similar, one hundred percent. I mean, Brandon Ingram's been putting people, baptizing people out there. Though. Yeah, like he can. I think he's quicker. Like he has, he can get off, beat his man, and I get, think he's get to the rim. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. But other, I mean, they're very similar. Yeah, one hundred percent. What were you saying? Uh, just just the the New Orleans situation. I mean, at Zion back, you have Brandon Ingram, C.J. McCollum, Valanciunas, Herb Jones, Val Alvarado. You're gonna have a. a draft capital that you can trade for another piece uh i mean at this point the only thing zion wants is an extension give him an extension you know maybe package that those picks in a in a trade and bring in another piece man this team is deadly the way they're looking right now if you can add zion to this team think good. is there a potential that he comes back in the playoffs yeah no no he's gonna do what ben simmons did Sit out, man. Wait till the off season. Come back next year. That's rank. 
Yeah, it smells. Denver versus Golden State, our last series. Oh, this is a uh, interesting. Not really. Yeah, it is. It's three one, isn't it? Yeah, but there's. Uh, it's interesting to see the Warriors play out the way they did. Man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they got a. Uh, they got three Splash Bros now. The Splash Triplets. The Splash. Uh, if you watch the game, you notice very early and often Draymond Green and Aaron Gordon were going to fight this game. Uh, and it's nice to see. It felt necessary. I love that beef, man. Aaron Gordon and Draymond just seems like a right beef. And they were just talking and, and pushing the whole Aaron game. Aaron Gordon ain't cut from the same cloth as Draymond Green. He'd get his butt handed to him. He'd look like an idiot because he already does. But it's just cool to see, like, right out of the gate, like, these two people. I mean, yeah, I love beef right off the gate. exactly. I like, that's like a hockey fight that the whistle blows and they drop the puck and they immediately just throw the gloves down and start fighting and the game hasn't really done anything. Yeah, exactly. I love that. It's just like that, you know, it's going to be a good game. And, like, it it just stood out. And then, like, you could see, like, each possession, they're guarding each other, pushing on each other, talking, and it just keeps escalating. Like, it's just such a good feeling. And I was like, this is a perfect game for this beef. Like, it was, you know, an elimination game for Denver, a little beef going on. It was a very fun game to watch. Um, Draymond Green's good. He's playing really good ball right now. He's good. He was plus 18 in 34 minutes before fouling out. I mean, this dude is just, he can do it, you know. Clay's back. I mean, there's no other way around that one. Seven of eleven from three. Uh, he scored like eight points in like two minutes. Just start out and then got into foul trouble. The resurgence of the Warriors. Golly, is it? Clay Thompson can get hotter than anyone in NF- in NBA history. Like quickly, no one can get as hot as quickly as Clay Thompson. Uh, I can't argue with that. I mean, I've seen him do some crazy stuff in terms of just shooting that, the lights out of his stadium. Yeah. Like the 60 points in three quarters where the ball didn't touch the ground or something. He didn't dribble once. That's disturbed. Like he, I mean, the Warriors to me might be the favorite to win the West if without Devin Booker. Yes. And, the, I mean, this, this series is over. There's not much to talk about. Jokic, you know, valiant effort. You got a game. You don't, you don't have enough, dude. If your second-best player is Aaron Gordon, it's mm. it's honestly going to be tough to do anything with that guy. That's like dragging a dead body around with you, dude. Dead th- weight, bro. Yeah, I think in game four, though, the role players played better. Monte Morris had, uh, what, 20, 24 points. And Barton. Barton stunk, but he hit the game winning three. Big boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's no no chance. But it's just cool to fill out Golden State situation. Kaminga played really good. He started out slow, but is Kaminga a guy that can add a spark to Golden State? Could he be an X factor down the line uh, in a series? I mean, he played. I mean, he scored nine points in the second quarter. He guarded Jokic very good when he was in. Um, I, mean, I think, yeah, but I don't think it's going to be offensively. I think it would be defensively Yeah, when they need to guard one of them freaks. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he can be a sneaky player. they don't need much help on offense these days. No, what, Curry had, what, 33 off the bench or something? Yeah, it's just kind of <laughs> crazy to see. 
Jordan Poole had an off night, but yeah, I mean it was bound to happen. You can't you know, the way he was shooting, dude. That was, you know, it was bound to come back. He's bound to come back to earth. Yeah, he was, but it shows that they have to have his production to win because they lost the game. The game that he did not go off like he had been, they lose. So, True. I mean, it's strange, but for them to make a run, they need Jordan Poole and possibly Kaminga to be impactful. So. That's what I've kind of noticed in the in the series is that, I mean, no matter how good Clay and Steph are, they still need that that triplet. They need Jordan Poole in a, in any series. All right, and that was another rundown of some you know NFL draft news and notes, the NBA playoffs. Thank you guys for listening so much. As always, we're grateful um, for the support. We love you guys. We're gonna keep them coming. Um, Thanks for listening to another episode of Forget What You Heard. Peace, love, and happiness. Great. There was there.